Professor Mike McCann talks about the defamation lawsuit decided against Loduca. This is The Legal Impact, the weekly podcast presented by the University of New Hampshire Franklin Pierce School of Law. Now accepting applications for JD, graduate programs, and online professional certificates. Learn more and apply at law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire. So, Mike, what brought about this lawsuit? AJ, it was brought about by a podcast and specifically a podcast where a former major league catcher, Paul LaDuca was retelling what he said happened when he was playing in a game back in the mid 2000s. And specifically, he was talking about catching for a pitcher by the name of Billy Wagner. Both were playing for the Mets. And apparently there were three strikeouts and they thought the umpire, Joe West, was relatively generous with calling strikes during that sequence. And as Luduka retold the event on a podcast, he said after the game, they went into the clubhouse and essentially, according to Luduka's account, Wagner talked about allowing the umpire to use an antique car almost as a bribe, that you can use my antique car in exchange you give me favorable balls and strikes. Now, there's no evidence that this happened and moreover, the pitcher denied that this conversation took place. So that's really it. And the reason why the umpire's so upset about it is because it basically says that he can be bought off. And for an umpire, they're supposed to be impartial. So this really undermines the central goal of being an umpire. Now, half a million dollars is a considerable amount that's been awarded to, to that umpire, Joe West. Uh, how was that number reached? Yeah, it's interesting, and it is a lot of money, like you said. Basically, West argued that his ability to be voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and he's 68 years old, he's going to retire soon, so he'll be eligible to be voted for the Hall of Fame. Now, whether he gets in it, I don't know. I mean, there are people who have been critical of him for not doing a great job calling balls and strikes without any accusation of, of uh, you know, bias, just that he hasn't always been great, according to some. In any event, I mean, that's, of course, true of a lot of umpires. They get criticized. No, they don't get criticized <laughs> on a regular basis by anyone, players, I, fans. You only get noticed when something is perceived as, as you doing it wrong. But yeah. so, but basically his take is, and he had some empirical data showing his earning power as a retired umpire who's in the Hall of Fame is way higher than without that distinction. And it's true with speaking engagements. He had data showing he could make a lot more money doing a speaking engagement if he's a Hall of Famer. Similarly, baseball card shows where he'll sign autographs and just speak, his ability to earn income as a Hall of Famer is much higher. So the, the, his argument is that this story that he's been bought off is gonna make it a lot harder for him to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. He also talked about how much expense he has made to rehabilitate his image online, that there are services that are offered that you can pay for to have things to sort of rewrite your past or rewrite what people are saying about you, and that he's had to incur some cost on that front. So that was his argument, and, and it, the judge felt that he showed about $500,000 in damages, which, which, as you said, that's a lot of money. Now, what was the defense that Lou Duca and his attorneys raised? Didn't have a defense. It, really? This was interesting. Didn't participate. Defaulted. Now, the podcast company 
waged a defense and they reached a settlement of some type because the case was the complaint was dismissed against them. So they whatever it was, they reached some sort of resolution with West, whereas the podcaster didn't and for whatever reason didn't opt to to sort of defend himself. And my you know, it could be because he clearly said it, right? And that yeah. not much to say. Kind and of on the record. At that on point. the record there's a Published. recording. And if it's untrue, it's untrue. Now, one thing that we that wasn't resolved fully is whether th- this seeing the car or sharing of the car. I mean, there's no evidence that occurred, but had it gone, had the litigation advanced, maybe we would have got some more insight on you know, wh- what goes on. I, mean, I think it's interesting is sort of the relationship between players and umpires. Does it extend beyond the field? And if it does, does that create conflicts of interest? That's maybe wasn't the case here. We don't know, but uh, we know that there was a retelling of a story that didn't happen. But I do think the issue of umpires in general and players would be interesting to learn more about. Now, defending the reputation of umpires, especially especially from cheating accusations, must be the utmost important to the MLB organization. There's huge implications when it comes to, especially in the realm of um, gambling, com- is more and more prevalent across the country. Um, have they spoken up at all about this case? They haven't, but you raise a great point. It's always been, a, especially given baseball's history with the Black Sox scandal, yeah. Right, where players were throwing games, and then Pete Rose. And now, as you mentioned, AJ, the legalization of sports betting in more than 20 states, this raises the stakes. And certainly the concern would be it all, umpires don't make as much as players. Maybe it's hard to right. buy. Right. <laughs> but different story with umpires where, you, you, you not, not necessarily in this case, but in general, where an umpire might be more susceptible to uh to bribe i mean i don't know if it's true but but i think there's reason to believe it's true especially with spot betting where you can bet on one at bat right it's like in tennis if you can bet on one play and and there have been situations where there's reason to believe that players have thrown points uh which how do you detect that right like you could hit one out and you could have done it anyway even without trying to do it so it's a real issue for, for sports betting and the integrity of sport. I and mean, there are companies that focus on that. Of course, we have a sports betting law program where we, where we talk about that. But there's no question, as you know, the, the possibility of being bribed probably always was the case, but maybe more so now. And it's a, just an economics case right there. I mean, you're having these players that make millions upon millions of dollars a year and I'm assuming umpires make six low six figures. I I mean yeah, the, I, they do. They clearly do well, but it's not. Yeah, it's not that much when you're talking about who they're working with. Right. That's right. And uh, and also, how how do you detect? I mean, this is the the tricky part. Is there are some umpires who their their strike zones are erratic, and you wonder sometimes are they just bad. Uh, also, I think it's just hard. It's probably really a hard job, but at the same time, it's the profession that they do, so they need to be good at it. This is why some have said, why don't we have computers, robots call strikes, just have a set strike zone. I think there's reason to, to not want that, that. There's some element of drama to having the umpire involved. It was just sort of a, a robot that said strike or ball, 
that might take away from some of the fun of the sport. But but at the same time, th- this ambiguity over what's a ball and strike can lead to some allegations. But those allegations bring in a lot of ratings, that's for sure. I mean, it's it's still an entertainment industry. I mean, people like to consider sports as its own thing, but it, it, it's more about getting in those ra- those ratings. I mean, there's a reason why there are all these lawsuits about uh, the ML, the uh, soccer league players with the female versus male teams having the discrepancy in pay between the, the two different teams. Uh, it, it It's an entertainment industry. It is an entertainment industry, and this is why baseball tinkering with some of its rules in terms of having a runner on second base and extra innings to try to shorten the game, their talk of pitch clocks and things like that, uh, really kind of, you might say, tampering or altering longstanding rules. It's designed to make the game more compelling to younger fans. We know baseball is really slow, and it's not as appealing to to kids who have grown up with iPhones and, and everything else and video games. And it's all not the UFC where you got that knockout shot right there. Right. It's, a- <laughs> it's slow. And I think in the average three-hour game, it's been estimated there's only about 18 to 20 minutes of play in a baseball. It's, it, it's harder to capture people's attention. So it's not surprising that they're willing to tinker with things and games are really long. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to get people to sit three and a half hours to watch any one thing. And and I think baseball needs to sort of figure out how to market itself to younger folks because the older folks will eventually die off, right. To put it bluntly. So they have to be able to capture the next generation. Do you think this uh, lawsuits decision uh, is going to have any, broader implications or is it just a one and done incident well i think all podcasts when people are retelling things from the past we know podcasts are supposed to be unscripted they're supposed to be engaging edgy right these are what make you know aj you're 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 very involved with multiple podcasts so uh, you 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 know all of you this gotta business. have that hook it's got to be interesting or no I one's gonna care hook. i mean rogan's popular for a reason that's right. And, and that's fine. But I think this case shows that when, when one is retelling the past, they can't invent things, especially if they're defamatory. And, and, and a podcast that gets listened to, uh, it can lead to litigation. So I, th- I think it, it's helpful for podcaster. One is the, the sports betting aspect of this that you talked about earlier. And the other, I would say, is podcasting in general, that uh, we, we know that people say things on podcasts that they might not in, in a formal interview and in other situation affects what we how we talk. Right. So uh, most of the time it's fine. But I, but I do think that this case is a reminder of uh, that the defamation law still applies to podcasting. Yeah. And it, you're bringing up a good point there where people treat podcasts differently. It, I feel like with traditional media, whether you're on a radio show, you're on a TV program, uh, you're talking to a Sportico journalist like yourself. You 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 realize, oh, this is on the record. It's going to get in front of this audience. You know the professionals, uh, people in the different industries you work in are going to check it out and read it. When it comes to a podcast, people think of it as super informal because it doesn't have those FCC implications. It doesn't necessarily have all the union implications that you think about with uh, with professional writers and things like that. Uh, 
people still need to keep in mind that audience you're hitting. I mean, podcasting isn't going anywhere. It's a growing industry. It might be maxing out here pretty soon over the next couple of years with the volume of shows that are consistently used. But uh, athletes and other professionals should really keep that in mind. Yeah, I, I, no, no question about it. And like you said, it, the setting is so different. It makes people feel relaxed. And in fact, I, I've been on podcasts where I'm told, oh, you know, make sure you know it's just informal. That's fine, but it's it's still a public record. And defamation law doesn't sort of check out of the room in a podcast studio. So I, I feel like the case is helpful on, on that count too. Thanks for listening to The Legal Impact presented by UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. To help spread word about the show, please be sure to subscribe and comment on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.